Are you hungry tonight? Matthew chapter 7. As you know, last year, and we're not through, so we've been studying the Sermon on the Mount, which I think is a high privilege of studying the teachings of Jesus Christ. He called his disciples and he began to teach. He opened his mouth and began to teach them. And there is no teacher like Jesus. And he is still teaching through his word and his Holy Spirit today. And uh, last week, we want to just look, um, not last week, the last time we were together, but in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. um, Well, look, verse 13, it says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many that go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few that find it. How many of you know we, we taught on that and the Lord spoke some powerful things. But it's amazing that he started talking about the straight and the narrow. And then in verse 15 he starts saying, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. If you weren't here Sunday morning, you need Sunday morning's message. It's not on the website yet, but you can get it by tape or CD. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad fruit bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. How many of the word is so clear about in the last days of so much deception and things and and lifestyles being deceived? And um, we learned about the straight and narrow uh, gate. Now he's talking about false prophets. And I want you to make a note that in this word false prophets is also the word self-appointed. Self-appointed. Self-called ministers. They don't have any covering. They don't have a, a. They have no accountability, and they are just loose and free. Self-appointed teachers and preachers, and even leaders, who can look and sound like like they love the sheep, but they're wolves in sheep's clothing. We have to be careful about that. While Jesus is talking here about those who have the real profession. They have nothing, they have no shams, they have nothing to be ashamed of, but they're living the life and speaking the truth. Amen. It says, by their fruits you will know them. Now, we won't look these scriptures up right now, but in Jeremiah, and I could just give them to you quickly for reverence. One is Jeremiah 6.14, Ezekiel 22.27, and Zephaniah 3.3-4. All these three prophets speak and warn against false prophets. By the Spirit of God. Paul, in Acts chapter 20, verse 29, in his farewell sermon, spoke of savage wolves that would come in not sparing the flock. We have to be on guard. The Lord Jesus Christ wants to guard us through His Holy Spirit because He's jealous over His body. He doesn't want the wrong word, even the wrong spirit, the wrong atmosphere getting in and mixing the truth. The Bible says that Aaron's sons offered up strange fire, and for that the Lord killed them. I want us to be careful and understand the scriptures tonight that thank God I believe and you know I believe in the spirit of prophecy and I believe in the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. You know I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I believe there's no greater 
proof of what God tells man that in His living Word, that not one part of His Word will pass away. And we have to be strong and balanced in that. In both the Old Testament and New Testaments, the shepherds and the prophets were known by the way they dressed. And I want you to see something with me in Zechariah chapter 13. Zechariah chapter 13. Zechariah chapter 13, verse 4. By their fruits you will know them. Because, you know, it's so easy. Many times, I, I, I don't understand it, but some people just seems like just loving Jesus is not enough. That gets old and they need hype. They need something to excite them. They need something promoted by man. And I tell you, just the presence of God promotes all of heaven. And what we need is the presence of God. But some people, that's not enough. So they look for somebody to give a word or something to do this and that. And I want you to see this in Zechariah chapter 13, verse 4. And this is a wake-up call. And I'm going to be reading this in the Living Bible. And I'm going to show you. That's why you need to pray for me and you need to pray for ministers. Because we're going to be giving a greater account than you will, especially those of us who handle the Word of God. And I want you to see this in chapter 13, verse 4. On that day, people will be ashamed to claim the prophetic gift. No one will pretend to be a prophet by wearing prophet's clothes. He will say, I am no prophet, but just a former. I began working for a former as a boy. And if someone asks, then what about these wounds on your chest? He will say, I was wounded at my friend's house. And then it starts saying, awake, O sword, against my shepherd and the man who is my partner, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Strike down the shepherd and the sheep will scatter and I will turn against the lambs. Two thirds of the people in the land will be cut off and die, says the Lord. But one third will be left in the land and I will bring that group through the fire and make them pure. And will refine them like silver and purify them like gold. They that call on my name and I will answer them and I will say, these are my people. And they will say, the Lord is our God. He says, I'm going to take the remnant that's left who survived and I'm going to purify them. Mostly from the word of false ministers who's been giving a false message. Now I want to show the same thing to you in a different way in Jeremiah 23. I want you to hear this word, Jeremiah 23. And Jesus was warning about this, but it's been warned even since the prophets of old. Jeremiah 23, verse 27. Jeremiah 23, verse 27. Jeremiah 23, verse 27. And, and, and let me just go ahead and read this to you because of time. Let me just read this to you in the message translation. Listen to what it says. I know what they are saying, all these prophets who preach lies, using me as their text, saying, I had this dream. How many of you know we believe in dreams? Amen. How many of you believe, believe in dreams and interpretation of dreams? But listen, I want you to hear this word because we have to be so careful. Because there can be so many dreams that may not be from God. And if we say this dream is from the Lord and the Lord is not in that dream, then we are opening up for a spirit of deception. Listen to what the Scripture says. I had this dream. I had this dream. How long do I have to put up with this? 
Do these prophets give two cents about me as they preach their lies and spew out their delusions? They swap dreams with one another, feed on one another's delusive dreams, trying to distract my people from me, just as their ancestors were distracted by that no God Baal. Let me, let me tell you something. I believe in the prophetic. You know it. I believe in the gifts of the spirits. You know it. But let me tell you something. Too many times I have seen conferences and services that they will not even share maybe even one scripture. And it's all about dream and it's all about visions and it's, it's all about what each other dreamed or so forth and so on. And we have to be so careful because the word of God, he says, if I be lifted up, his word is precious and it must be guarded. It must be exalted. And it's so clear here in Jeremiah he's saying, be careful when they're swapping dreams and they're telling these dreams and visions because they're taking the attention away from the one who can feel, the one who can deliver, and the one can, who can heal. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So tonight I'm sharing with you, church, and you know I've brought prophets in and, and uh, some of them here lately. It was a false prophet because he said a certain thing and it's been over two months and a month over a month and hasn't come to pass. So you know what? He won't be back. That's the second false prophecy we've heard. Why? Because it did not come to pass. And the Bible says by their fruits, you'll know it. You say, well, that seems awfully hard. And you can read books and they say, well, we all miss it. And we do miss it from time to time. But the Word of God teaches too. We've got to be so careful saying, thus saith the Lord. Because sometimes we may be prophesying out of our soul and we'll stand before God. I, as a minister, will stand before God for saying, thus saith the Lord. And he says, I did not say that. That was you, or that was your mind, or that was something you heard, some left over in your spirit that you said that, but I did not say that. And you'll give account for saying, I said something you did not. So we have to be so careful to balance this in the Word. Now listen to what he goes on to say. They swap dreams with one another, feed on each other's delusive dreams, trying to distract their, my people from me. You prophets will do nothing but dream. Go ahead and tell your silly dreams. But you prophets who have a message from me, tell it truly and tell it faithfully. What does straw have in common with wheat? Nothing else is like God's decree. Isn't my message like fire? Isn't it like a sledgehammer bursting a rock? I've had, in my, I've had it with the prophets who get all their sermons secondhand from each other. Yes, I've had it with them. They make up stuff and then they pretend it's a real sermon. Oh, yes. I've had it with the prophets who preach lies they dream up and spray them all over the country, running the li- ruining the lives of my people with their cheap and reckless lies. I never sent these prophets, never authorized a single one of them. They knew nothing for this people, nothing. God's decree. And anyone, including prophets and priests who ask, what's God got to say about this? What's troubling him? Tell him you're in the trouble. You're the trouble, and I'm getting rid of you. God's decree. If the tree doesn't bear fruit, I'll cut it, and I'll throw it in the fire. What's going on? Who's causing the trouble here? There's, a, there's something wrong here. And God says, you're what's wrong, and I'm getting ready to cut you off. And if anyone, including prophets and priests, goes around 
uh, saying Ghibli's God's message, God's message, I'll punish him and his family. And I have seen a record where a lot of men used in the gifts of the ministry excessively. Families are attacked and die early deaths. We have to be sure and so close to God and so in tune with the Holy Spirit that we know that we know we're speaking on God's behalf if we say we're speaking on God's behalf. Instead of claiming to know what God says, ask questions of one another, such as, how do we understand God in this? Do, do not go around pretending to know it all. Do not go around pretending to know it all, saying, God told me this and God told me that. I don't want to hear it anymore. Only the person I authorize speaks for me. Otherwise, my message gets twisted. The message of the living God. You can ask the prophets, how did God answer you? What did he tell you? But don't pretend that you know all the answers yourselves. Talk like you know it all. I'm telling you, quit the God told me this, God told me that kind of talk. You are paying attention? You better because I'm about to take you by the hand and throw you to the ground, you and this entire city, and I give, I give that I give to you and our ancestors. I've had it with a lot of you. You're going to live. You, you are never going to live this down. You're going down in history as a disgrace. Woo! It's stiff in here tonight. And you don't, I'll be the first one struck down, not you. But I'm not telling a lie. Be careful, he's saying. The way to heaven is it's, it's narrow. And few that find it. And what's happening is it seems like everybody can hear and get a word. And the way seems to be wide, but it's not always God that's speaking. You can sense when it's God speaking. And you always know it's God speaking when it's confirmed with the word. Amen. They say that there's a, he, Jesus talked about the thorn bush. There's a certain thorn bush called the buckthorn that had little blackberries that looked like grapes. And there was a certain thistle that Jesus talked about, the thistles that looked like figs. But how many of you know if you've ever touched thistles before that don't feel like figs? Amen. Jesus said, many may have the profession. Listen to this. Write this down. Many may have the profession, but few have the possession. Many may have the profession, but few may have the possession, the possession of Jesus Christ. I want to read something to you, and this was written years ago by Dr. Jones, but I want you to hear how real it is today. Listen to this. And, you, and I'm just not talking about the gift of prophecy. Listen to what I'm getting ready to share with you from this wise man from years before. A, pro, a false prophet is a man who has no straight gate or narrow way in the gospel. He has nothing which is offensive to the natural man, and he pleases all. Does that sound like seeker-friendly to you? He has no straight and narrow in his message. He does no message. He never wants to offend nobody. Oh, we don't want to offend anybody here. Everybody can just come and be who they are. False prophet. Looks like a sheep, smells like a sheep, soft like a sheep, but the message is death. 
And look what it says. He's a sheep's clothing. So attractive. So pleasant. So nice to look at. He has such a nice and comfortable and comforting message. He pleases everybody and everybody speaks well of him. He is never persecuted for his preaching. He is never criticized severely. He is praised by the liberals, by the moderate, by the evangelicals, by everybody. Can someone smile at me? He is all things to all men in the sense there is no straight gate about him. There is no narrow way in his message And there is no offense of the cross. He goes on to illustrate the lack of offensiveness in preaching. And he cites the case of Jeremiah who said, speaking of false prophets, they have healed and hurt the daughters of my people, saying, peace, peace, where there was no peace. The the false prophet, always a very comforting preacher. As you listen to him, he always gives you the impression that there is not very much wrong. He admits, of course, that there is a little. He is not a fool enough to say that there is nothing wrong. But he says that all is well and will be well. Everything's okay. It is all going to be okay. You never hear him say, you adulterers and fornicators and liars, you're going to hell. Don't listen to a man like Jeremiah, he cries. He's narrow-minded. He's a heresy hunted. And he's not cooperative. Don't listen to him. Healing the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly saying, peace, peace, where there is no peace. As the Old Testament adds such a terrifying truth about religious people then and now, my people like to have it so. Because it never disturbs, never makes you feel uncomfortable. You carry on as you are. You are all right. You do not have to worry about the straight gate and the narrow way or, partic- or worry about this particular doctrine or that. Peace, peace. Very comforting. Very reassuring. Always a false prophet in his sheep's clothing. Always harmless. Always nice. Always attractive. Wow. Years ago, speaking of the majority of what we hear on TV today, Everything's okay. It's going to be all right. In the light of such description, how can we finally test a false prophet? The answer surely is the endurance of time. Sooner or later, the traits of the wolf will emerge for all to see. The fangs, the hot breath, the flashing eyes, the growl. The same can be said about the grapes and the figs. Time will prove that this is not a genuine fruit tree. must be cut down and thrown into the fire. The test of time. When we lived up in the mountains in Argentina, we had a fence around our yard. And, it, and you know, we had nice wooden... Uh, somebody's calling me on a church night. I don't think it's your sisters at 337. It might be my pastor, so y'all don't worry about it. Anyway. Man, I never... Wow. <laughs> Well, I was supposed to turn the cell phones off. Or else. Well, where was I? We had these fence posts. And how many of you know that, I'm talking about the test of time. You can put these real strong wooden fence in the ground, whether wood or iron. 
How many know over time the ground will rust them out? And it's amazing how we had the, the fence was all up, but the, the fence was holding up the fence post instead of the fence post holding up the fence because they had rotted and the fence post just hanging in the air. Why? They could not stand the test of time. And when we hear a word, investigate the timetable. Do a background check and find out, okay, how long have you been ministering? How long have you been moving and operating the gifts? How, how successful has your ministry been? Let's, let's look at the fruit. Let's listen to the words. Let's test it with the test of time. He who always was and will always be. Amen, church. Um, 721 says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of the Father in heaven will enter. Here's Jesus is speaking about the prophets. Listen to this. The false prophets, the false speakers, the false Christians, the false believer, the believer and the minister. He's saying, if you don't, you call me Lord, Lord. Or in other words, you sound right, but you don't have a relationship right. I will not receive you. You sound right. You know the language, but your life doesn't add up to the language of the word of God. So therefore, I will cast you out. There's no relation or submission. Look with me in 2 Timothy chapter 3. How many like a word like this? Amen. I know I do. Keep me on the track. 2 Timothy 3, 6. You know, I've been saved since 69 and I have seen a lot of things come and go. I guess one of the worst things is when somebody stands up in a big church when I was a teenager and stood up and prophesied, Thus saith the Lord, I know ye, my people are confused, but be of good cheer, I am too. <laughs> and also in Lafayette, another one stood up and said, Thus saith the Lord, I'm tired of this and I cannot say it. It was a bad word. And the Lord doesn't say bad words. But I feel sorry for that person. Second Timothy 3, verse 6. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women or men who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women or men are forever following new teachings, but they never able to understand the truth. And I want to say something. Not, it talks about women here in both of these places. Uh, it's not just the woman. It's the unsubmitted person. They don't know where they belong. They, they, they're always looking for something new, something to fill a void in their life without paying the sacrifice and going to the cross and going to the Word and praying and seeking God. And so they're always seeking somebody to follow who will uh, give them the ibijibis and make the hair on their neck stand up and all this, always trying to look for something like that because they're not submissive and they're not accountable to a home church and a pastor who cares for them and loves them. Easy to go. But they're never able to understand the truth. You see these people, they can be in church seven years and they're just like they are today as they were when they started. These teachers oppose the truth just as Jonas and Jambres opposed Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith. But they won't get away with this for long. Someday everybody will recognize what fools they are just as Janice and Jambres. 
How many of you know we can't impress the Lord with our own knowledge? Amen? Hallelujah. How many of you know also, we're going to be preacher and teachers of the Word. We've got to experience the Word for ourselves. We've got to experience the Word. That's why some of the best preachers and teachers, you know, they get up in their 70s and 80s and they can just preach. And a lot of times younger generation don't want to hear older preachers, but I just love to sit down and hear the old men and women of God who have just sat in the presence of God for 50, 55, 60 years. And, you know, somebody wants some young whippersnapper to get up and shout and jump and, you know, jump on the pews and run around. They go, oh, boy, he can preach. And then this elderly guy gets up with a low voice and just speaks. And people go, oh, this is boring. Oh, no, no, no. The person who has lived a life in the Word has lived out through the temptations and lived out through the trials and lived out the persecutions who have lived through the wars. That's the person you want to listen to. Amen. 722.23 in the Living Bible says, On Judgment Day, of course, these false prophets would tell you, don't worry about Judgment Day. You don't have nothing to worry about. But Jesus said on Judgment Day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed miracles in your name. But I'll reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, ye who broke God's laws. Warren Worsbury said, not all activity is ministry. There's examples in the Bible. How many know Balaam was a prophet? But he became a false prophet. How many know King Saul had a tormenting spirit? But he prophesied. How about Siapas? Uh, is it no Caiapas? Who's that guy? Caiapas, yeah, him. You know, the guy who flew, flew a kite. Caiapas. He prophesied. Yet all were rejected by God. First Corinthians thirteen two says, "Though I have the gift of prophecy, and I have not love. I am nothing." Thank God for the gifts and the authority to cast out devils. But it's not the true test of being genuine. Always remember, this is what Jesus said. Though you prophesy, though we cast out devils, though we speak in new tongues, that is not the sign of being a genuine person, believer of God. It's being like Christ. It's being meek. It's being humble. It's being broken before God. It's not how many people we raised from the dead. And thank God for the dead that are raised and the dead that will be raised. Thank God for signs and wonders. But you always remember, signs and wonders are not the mark of the authentic glory and presence of God. We just saw what the revival in Florida started and ended like. People invited me. I I was given eight days in a hotel. I said, no, thank you. Even though there was miracles, I would watch it. And there was things going on and there was things you could sense. Though the worship was great, there was something wrong. And I was asked time and time again to go. And I said, I don't don't feel right. Many people were going and they were saying it's of God. I know those who went and stood on the platform, but I, I would even go stay in a hotel because I knew it wasn't of God. Something's wrong. Come to find out he was involved in all kind of stuff. And even though the signs and wonders were there, there was a demonic spirit, there was sin, and there was robbery taken forth. And he had to be taken out of the ministry, and the revival was shut down. Signs and wonders doesn't always mean it's authentic. 
You can go back over the tapes and the CDs over the last nine years since I've been here. Eighteen years in Argentina. I got messages since the late 70s. I always was taught by my dad, you preach the Word and you stay with the Scripture side. Because that will keep you from getting in error. And he always says, son, when you start moving revelation knowledge, make sure it's backed up by the Word of God. Because as a minister, we will give an account for what we feed the sheep. It's so easy to ministers and people to come through and, and, and come through and preach and get an offering and, and, and they preach the same messages here and there and just uh, preaching to make a living instead of living to preach. And I don't have many... You, some people ask, why don't you have this one back? Why don't you have that one back? Well, because they preach the same thing everywhere they go and I don't want a word for word of grace. I don't want the word from Lafayette. I don't want a word from Shreveport. I don't want a word from Dallas. I don't want a word from Florida. I want a word from Pineville. And if you can't hear from God for a word here, then don't come. I want a word of God. I want to hear God. Amen. You feel that way? Okay. The gifts don't always mean it's of God. Because how many of you know Judas Iscariot cast out devils? It says the twelve went out and they all came back rejoicing. The demons are subject to them. Judas Iscariot cast out devils, but he betrayed our Lord. Gifts, shaking, feathers, gold. It can be God, but it can also be manipulation. And just because some awesome thing is happening, if the word is never sincerely, deeply preached... And it's a lot of man talking and not a lot of word being taught and preached. Not a lot of scripture being used. Because when Jesus got up in his very first sermon, he opened up the book where it was written. Even though he had all the wisdom and knowledge and the wisdom of all the centuries from before the beginning of time, he didn't stand up and just start speaking. He spoke the word. Amen. So we have to be careful of these things. Wonderful works and external evidences and dramatic power does not imply reality. Another example is Pharaoh's musicians copied the signs and wonders of Moses and Aaron. Now, once again, you know, I am not saying, you know, I believe in signs and wonders, miracles. You know, I, you've heard me preach it for years. You know, I believe it. We've seen it here. Their sister Linda got the good report. No cancer. Others. Miracles, signs and wonders, people delivered. We've got them all through here. But we do not base everything on what somebody says, even me, Cobb, just by what I say, if I can't back it up by the Scripture or anyone else. When I stand before God, it's not going to be the signs and wonders that I'm going to give a credit for. I'm going, to get a, I'm going to give an account for what I have preached and taught and how I've lived before you. And I say, God have mercy on me and help me. Matthew 24, 24 talks about showing great signs and wonders as to deceive, if possible, even the elect. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 talks about the marks of the Antichrist and being power, signs, lying wonders. 
We won't look it up now, but First Timothy 4, 1 through 2 and 7, 8 talks about in the latter times, even the elect will be deceived. Second Corinthians eleven fourteen, Satan is a great distinguisher, even can distinguish and hide himself as an angel of light. The test is the profession with possession. The test of endurance in time. Watch the obedience. Watch the heart. All activity will be exposed for what it is. All activity will be exposed for what it is. I, I shared Sunday. You read in the Charisma magazine. I didn't want to mention names, but you read in the Charisma magazine. You will hear of those who got away with things for 20-something years and have a $25 million building. And now it's in foreclosure. And, or another one gave the ministry to his son, and now his son's preaching heresy and false doctrine. Or hear about another one. Maybe have a nice apartment on the top of uh, Donald Trump's tower. Millions and people just cram in to hear and see her. Was here, here locally. But by their fruit, you know. And that church is now shut down in Florida. And so what we have to be careful of is we have to watch and see and take note and look at the fruit. Even though it sounds good and it looks good, what good is hearing something that touches us, but yet the life doesn't bear the fruit up? God says, I hate divorce. You know what that means? He hates divorce. And if anybody ought to make a marriage work, it ought to be a minister. Because how can I go around afterwards telling you how you need to get healed, how you can get delivered, how you get it saved? And I couldn't even keep my own marriage. Or I ended up beating my wife in the parking lot. Like, like that preacher, I've got his books back there. That preacher beat his wife in the parking lot, has just lost his church. And has tapes of teaching that while you're having intimacy with your wife, you need to learn to say cuss words and say bad words because it makes your uh, intimacy of marriage even greater hype if you learn to cuss while you're having intimacy. And he taught it and it's taped. And there's people going, oh, praise God, hallelujah. Woo, come on, honey, I'm going to cuss you out when we get home. That'd go a long way. Cool. <laughs> Thank God I've got the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and Cindy Fontenot Cobb. <laughs> Woo! But this is the sad part that Jesus is preaching. The counterfeit will have eternal dismissal. The counterfeit will have eternal dismissal. I declare to you, I never knew you. Depart from me. You practice lawlessness. Paul's letter to Timothy taught danger signs. Of course, you know, 1 Timothy chapter 1, 3, he says, Be careful of other doctrines. Be wary of anyone who does not believe in the Trinity or denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said in verse 4, be careful of fables and endless genealogies. Things about Jesus that is not found in the Bible. I cannot get over how excited people can get over 
studying the hidden scriptures, hidden things in Mona Lisa, the prostitute picture. People couldn't get in, couldn't get over Vinici's Code or whatever you call it, idiot. Da Vinci's Code. Couldn't get enough of finding out everything that's hidden here, there, and here, and there, and here, and there, and the other. There's so much prophecy, so much stuff. Who's Mary was Mary? All this type of stuff. Just get these books and get these CDs and get these tapes and get these conversations. They're, and, and, and they're sick and their marriage is hurting and this and that and the other. Why not get in something that edifies you? And builds you up and something you can find in your word instead of getting into Bible codes and all this other stuff. Just, I tell you what, you get this in a concordance and you could have a heyday. But we better be careful. We're not out. Jesus is saying, be careful. You're not going out for entertainment. All these wild things. Let's get some entertainment. Man, that's exciting. Did you hear Jesus might have had a wife? Uh, let's go study that. Why? It's a lie. It's a lie. Why even play around with something from the pits of hell and doctrine of devils and fables of men? Mm -mm. I'm not fussing at you. Just can't stand people talk about my Jesus that way. Verse 3 says, be careful those who say you're not supposed to eat certain foods. (laughs) Thank you, honey. (laughs) Then verse 7, he says, Be careful with theology and sciences. It says, Understanding neither what they say nor that about which they affirm. You know what I hear people say? Boy, that was deep. It wasn't deep. It didn't make no sense. (laughs) Huh? Huh? Honestly, we have sat through things and people, that was just so deep. Or pastor, I'm stupid. That went right over my head. I said, sister, you ain't stupid. You weren't not stupid. You're not stupid. You were not stupid. Well, that was deep. That wasn't deep. Oh, that was deep. Oh, Going to stand up and sing deep and wide, deep and wide. 720 says, by their fruits you'll know them. Not only false prophets and teachers, but all believers. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father means there's a personal relationship with Jesus. The test. Do they love Jesus? Do you love Jesus enough to stay with your husband and stay with your wife and not throw more dirt on the fivefold ministry? Do you love Jesus enough to pray through and work it through this marriage because you have a high seen and well-known ministry and people look up to you and people have been mentored to you and people have bought material from you and people are praying for you? Do you not love Jesus enough to pay a price that even if you're miserable, Paul had a thorn in his flesh too, but he kept on going anyway. This ain't a message for today. People don't want to hear this, even though Jesus taught it to his disciples. Second <sighs> Timothy 2.19, But God's truth stands firm like a foundational stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his. 
And all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. The Lord knows those who are His. I prophesy. You're perverted. I heal the sick. I steal. I know those who turn away from evil. When one is in a relationship, their conscience and inner witness of the Spirit confirms it. Romans 8, 16. For His Spirit joins with our spirits, affirming that we are children of God. 1 John 2, 6. Those that say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 and 7. God's will is for you to be holy and stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passions like the pagans who do not know God in his ways. Never harm or cheat a Christian brother in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such sins. As we have swanly warned you before, God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is Rejecting God, rejecting God who gives His Holy Spirit to you. Hebrews 2.14, work out living in peace with everyone and working out living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Well, I'm of this denomination. Those who do not live holy will not see the Lord. 721 Matthew says, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So important how we respond in devotion, duty, passion, action, and love. John 14, 15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Love and obedience shows the genuine life of the Spirit of God in their life. Every day we ask ourselves, Am I yielded to God? Matthew 7, verse 20 says, By their fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, or their character, you will know them. Romans 6.22 calls it the fruit of holiness. Philippians 1.11 says for us to be filled with the fruits of righteousness. So the things I do for Christ will bear fruit. In Atlanta, the main... There's a story here, but, but uh, what it's pretty much all about, there will be fruit... Uh, how many of you have gone to a town and they have these beautiful trees growing along the sidewalks like an older town, say Natchitoches, and they got these nice lemon trees or orange trees growing all along the street and they're full of leaves, but they never give any fruit. Or you go and it's like we, we went to the Peach Festival in Ruston, Louisiana one day and went all over town. It's a Peach Festival, okay? When it went all over town. Where can we buy some peaches? Well, we're waiting on the train from Georgia. But wait a minute. This is the peach capital of Louisiana. We ain't got no peaches. We're waiting for the train to bring some from, uh, from Georgia. So one time we heard about an Italian uh, festival. So we went over there by Hammond to the Italian festival. They didn't have any Italians and didn't even have any Italian food. So we went and ate some seafood. And ate Italian food at the peach festival. Then we went to the Peach Festival and ate Italian food. And I can't tell you, we would look up these festivals and we would go to these festivals and it's amazing. You go to these fe- festivals and go to the Crouchon Delay or whatever, go to uh, uh, the Frog Festival, whatever, and, and you go to these festivals and they, well, we ain't got any. Well, isn't this supposed to be this type of festival? Yeah, 
It's that festival, but we ain't got any. It's got the name, but it don't have the fruit. Am I truly in allegiance and alliance with Jesus? The question is tonight, how is my personal relationship with Jesus and how committed I am to His Word and living out His Word that I can hear, enter in, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Not you good evangelist or you good pastor or you good sign and wonder maker or you good prophet. Enter in. we got a special place for you here. Noah, he'll say, enter in like good and faithful servant. How's my responsiveness to Jesus and His Word? And how much, oh my, how much do I resemble Him? How much do I resemble Him? Someone asked me, what is your goal in life? I've told you before, I want to learn it as a little Baptist boy. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. That's what word I pray. That's what word of grace is truly, truly about. We want to be like Jesus. Give us the grace to be like Jesus. Let us resemble Him in every way. Let us walk like Him. Because you know the only one who really, I mean, the only one who really pleased the Father was Jesus. I want the Father to look at me anytime and say, yep, there's Russ. There's Russ. Just like my own daddy and mama would. Waiting in the airport. There's Russ and Cindy. There's Russ and Sydney, the boys. They could see us in all the multitude of the airport. They knew me. That I may know him and be known by him. To be like Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I didn't run you off. 